Blog Talk Radio. Special edition of the Four Eastings Fire American Soccer Show, the 2023 U.S. Open Cup semifinal review show. What an amazing day Wednesday, August the 23rd was of 2023. Both semifinal matches went beyond 90 minutes, and what we got was action. It got into fireworks. We got to round of penalties. We had an amazing, amazing night of games. And let me just say this right now. Let me just say this right now. I was able to have not only on my laptop through Pluto TV, the CBS Sports Galazzo Network. Of course, I also have the Paramount Plus app uh, and the website. So I could have watched it either way, but still, though, I wanted to go through Pluto TV on their website, but also on my television, on Telemundo, I had that same match in Spanish through NBC. I had double dosage of Andres Cantor, the Soccer Hall of Fame broadcaster, and the duo through CBS Sports, Andreas Cordero, and Ray Hudson. And the numbers were staggering with the amount of people watching on all the streaming and the television broadcasting platforms from both NBC and CBS because not only did you get this games or these two games plus you also got it through Peacock Telemundo through all broadcasting platforms and online platforms Telemundo Linear Universo Peacock all combined 1.2 million people watched on Spanish language television, that Open Cup semifinal. And the same amount, maybe even more, through CBS Sports Galazzo Network, through Pluto TV app and website, Paramount Plus app and website. It was a banner night for American soccer when we are talking about the U.S. Open Cup Because what we got was action personified. What we got was not only twists and turns and fireworks and excitement at TQL Stadium in Cincinnati. We had a little bit of ruggedness down in Texas at Shell Energy Stadium. And we have our final. We have our final. 
the two participants are ready to go. But before we even get to that, let me tell you something. All the years that we have been watching La Liga broadcasts on BN Sports before it got taken by ESPN. And every time you watched Barcelona on BN Sports, on your televisions, the one man that you love to hear waxing poetically over Lionel Messi was the one and only Ray Hudson. Ray Hudson, I consider him to be a football poet. Hell, I think he might be Messi's muse because he did it again in that equalizing goal in second half stoppage time when Miami was down two goals to one against Cincinnati. And all I can do, folks, is say this. The incomparable Ray Hudson, along with Andreas Cordero. That's a miracle. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he doesn't just pull passes out of his, uh, or uh, rabbits out of his magic hat, he pulls kangaroos. My God. Ray Hudson, never ever stop being who you are, my friend. Never stop being who you are. Let me tell you something, folks. This man... Moved on from being sports to join CBS Sports for their UEFA Champions League coverage. And when Messi came to Miami and when they defeated Birmingham Legion in that quarterfinal matchup, one goal to nil at Legion Stadium, this semifinal matchup was destined destined to be played and to be won by Lionel Messi one way or the other. But you can tell he was tired. For him to jump right into League's Cup, going all the way from the first match to the last, holding the title, getting ready to play in his very first Open Cup, champion, uh, Open Cup match, in the semifinals. And he found a way to will himself to get those goals was unbelievable. But once again, to have the voices of broadcasting royalty, football broadcasting royalty in Andreas Cantor, And to have Ray Hudson analyzing the match along with Andreas Cordero on CBS Sports, Golazo Network. 
This is the stuff that we have all been waiting for. Now, even though, even though the semifinal between Houston and Real Salt Lake did have on English from the world feed, those broadcasters still though, to have it on CBS Sports Galazzo Network has just been incredible. Whether Messi remains in MLS or he retires after a couple of years, this cup competition means a lot to those of us that wants to see not only the best players in the world performing in this tournament, but going out and showing why it matters to them. Thierry Henry never played in the Open Cup. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, I don't think, ever played in the Open Cup. I don't even remember Tim Cahill playing in the Open Cup. The way that the top brass of American soccer, not counting in Soccer House in Chicago, but in MLS and Don Garber and the Players Association union rep, Bob Foose. That's why this competition truly matters. Not this League's Cup farce. This is why this competition matters. Because it's natural. Because this is true sporting merit. Because you have a man who wants to be a part of it. He has been involved in so many Copa del Reyes in Spain. So many League Cups in Spain. So much competition in Europe. And a Coupe de France as well. matters to him. Every competition that's in front of him, he'll take it and run with it, and he wants to dominate in it. It's not just a league season. It's not just continental championships, club continental championships like the UEFA Champions League. It is also, also going for it in the U.S. Open Cup. And that is why these competitions matter to everyone. We cannot just pick and choose what's best. Because this matters to all of us. This is the closest thing we have right now until one day that special mechanism does come into play in American soccer. Until it does... This is what we have, and this is what we need, and this is what should be no matter what. If it matters to Messi, if it matters to Ray Hudson, and to Andres Cantor, and to myself, and to all of us, Don Garber, Bob Foose, it should matter to you. Because there is a spot on the line for the CONCACAF Champions Cup, sir. 
And you know what? Both men, I should say all three men, Cordero, Hudson, and even Cantor and his commentator did a marvelous job, marvelous job, calling these matches. Ratings went through the roof. I wrote about it on Beyond the 90. Check it out at beyondthe90.substack.com. This has been, even though it's only been a short time since he's arrived here in the United States, Lionel Messi, but so far, him being associated now with the U.S. Open Cup has just been spectacular. And we got to keep it going, not just when we get to the final, but next year's uh, edition in 2024. The following edition in 2025, 26, 27, and on and on and on. Even the day that Messi is no longer playing anymore, this cup competition matters. Keep it going. We got to keep it strong and alive and beautiful football. Not just for us, but for everyone around the world who watched those matches, to watch that semifinal. Because it's not just an open cup night across America, no, ladies and gentlemen. It is also an open cup night across the globe, around the world, and it will continue on for the next couple of years or so, and I cannot wait. Great show for you tonight. My first guest, of course, we have to talk about him because I don't know how much longer this man can breathe or how much longer this man is going to be living because Lionel Messi is just doing some work that I don't think he would ever see from his inter-Miami side. Uncle Ed, football, Miami Football TV, joining me right doing, now. Dan? Ed, Ed, go ahead. What adjectives can you give me? What could you give me after what Ray Hudson said on that broadcast? Oh, man, uh, to, to, to be honest with you, I, I was listening to the Spanish broadcast. Uh, had, we had it here at work, and, man, my, I, so many emotions you go through. I mean, it looked for a while like Cincinnati was going to take it, and I kind of like walked away for a little bit. And I was like, oh, that's it. It's over. And as I was walking away, everybody starts yelling, you know. This, you know, I, I had given up. I can't believe I did that. I would given up. I walked away. And, you know, all of a sudden I run back, and it's because everybody's yelling because we, we actually scored. We, we actually tied it. So it was, it was just so many emotions. Uh, you know, I, I – I almost had a heart attack. It, it was just, you know, suffering, happiness. Uh, you know, when they when they scored the third goal in, in the uh, extra time, I thought for a second that was going to be it again. And then, uh, you know, then they tied it again. And then, you know, the penalties. Oh, man, so many emotions. And Yeah, I'm surprised I'm still alive. <laughs> He's going to cause you a heart attack, Ed. Messi's going to oh, kill you dude. one day. And it, you're, you're, you're not going to be alive to see it when it's all over. <laughs> oh, man. Dan, it's, 
it's funny because you know I, I, you know you've known it since you know before there was a team and you know with Peter and Julio we were trying to get a, a a major league soccer team and you know it took so many years man we've got we've got the gray hairs to prove it but uh you know I was happy when they played their first game in LA you know I I I, I traveled for that game and I was just like you know okay God I'm I I could die tomorrow and I'm and I'm okay and I thought no 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 I I, I want to die when we get a championship. Well, now, you know, we, we actually won something, uh, you know, and, and now we can win another one. And, you know, if we're lucky enough, we could, uh, you know, make the playoffs and maybe win, win the third one. I don't know if that last one's going to be possible, but, I mean, I never thought back then that we would be in the position that we're in. I never thought we'd get a player like Messi. I mean, there was a talk about it, but, you know, actually happening, when it actually happened, you know, people had to pinch me because I couldn't believe it. You know, it's just uh, it, we're – you know, we're on cloud nine over here in Miami. Now, let's do a little revisionist history because the last Miami club in MLS to get to the Open Cup final was the Fusion back in 2000 and unfortunately fell to the Chicago Fire at Soldier Field yes. before they even went to Toyota Park in uh, Bridgeview. I know that was a bit of a heartbreaker, but still, though, that was just an amazing run that Fusion team had back in 2000. It sure was, man. And I, I remember those days I was there. I was watching all those games, and that's one of the reasons why we, we fought so hard to bring a team back because we had a taste of, of, of what it was like. But, yeah, uh, wow, back then, uh, you're, you're taking me way back, man. I, I remember that. That year was, uh, what, was the year 2000, right, if I'm not mistaken? Yep. Yeah, and yep. that that in led to that incredible. After that, that led to that incredible 2001 team that should have won everything, and that broke our hearts when they finally pulled the plug. But uh, you know, yeah, that, those that that was such a great time, and, and unbelievable that the Fusion um, were able to get to that to that stage because they they weren't that good the first few years, man. But then, you know, I think um, you know a lot had to do, of course, with Ray Hudson, his motivational skills and. You know, uh, you know, they got to that position, and then you know, the following year, uh, he finally started, uh, you know, getting all the players that he wanted, and you know, they they were just uh, on fire, man. And like you know, you were talking earlier, I was listening to you talk about how how you know incredible that it is to have Ray Hudson, you know, uh, talking uh, about all the games and stuff, you know, and now we're bringing back the fusion thing. That man's incredibly talented in so many different things. Is there nothing he could not do? You know, I, I have to tell you, I, I was watching it. Obviously, I had both. I had both uh, broadcast on. I had Telemundo on my television. I had CBS Sports Galazzo on my uh, laptop through Pluto TV. And you know, back of my mind, and I know Cincinnati's up to nothing. Two things were in the back of my mind. Number one was. The last time Cincinnati had a 2-0 lead in the semifinals back in 2017 was against the New York Red Bulls. And they lost that match because they allowed two goals by the Red Bulls, and then they got scored on in extra time and lost it 3-2 back in 2017. Bradley Wright Phillips with the equalizer and the go-ahead goal. And I also said to myself, you know what? Maybe Messi does look a little bit tired, but somehow he's going to find a way to get this game into extra time. I just had a funny feeling, but you never know. You never know. You know, he's 36. 
you know, he's not the spry chicken he used to be, but still, though, he's got that football brain of his. And the crosses to, to Campania twice. Right. I mean, that was incredible how he was able to, if you want to say communicate, you can say communicate. You want to say, you know, ESP, find ESP, whatever, found a way to just put the dagger in the hearts of everyone in Cincinnati. Yeah, that that, that was incredible. I mean, uh, Cincinnati had done such a good job to shut him down. He had to go, he was playing way back just to get the ball and try to, you know, he was basically playing the 10 position, uh, you know. They had uh, blocked just about every every avenue that we had to attack, you know, and him, be, him being the strongest, but he still found a way to make it happen. It took some time. You know, I was, I was, you know, hoping that Campana would be able to do something. I was always thinking that, you know, that's one of the things that the, the uh, Inter-Miami was missing was the air, aerial uh, balls, you know. They, they they didn't go for many headers. I mean, Joseph uh, uh, Joseph Martinez is, you know, that's not one of his strong points, but this is, you know, something definitely that you have with Campana. So, it, yeah, you know, it, it took him, you know, a little, almost towards the end of the game, but he finally realized, you know, you, you got to go, you know, you got to use the air. It's time to put it up there and, and have this guy use his height. And um, fortunately, Campana can, can score, you know, off of his header. So, you know, that that was that was what changed everything. The, the man's a genius. Talk about this young kid, Ben Kramashi. Um, you know, that's amazing that, uh, you know, everyone would always think it's messy that was going to pass that ball to Joseph Mar- to Joseph Martinez to get that uh, uh, that go-ahead goal in uh, extra time. But Kramashi has been tremendous for you guys. What's it like for this native kid in South Florida to come up big, not just to make that great pass to Martinez, but to get the game-winning penalty uh, in the shootout to move on to the final? Uh, I love that they're doing this. You know, they gave him that opportunity. He's getting so much more confident. He's really humble. You know, uh, we got to meet him. Uh, one of our sponsor came where he, uh, you know, he was there signing autographs, and we spoke to him a little bit. He, you know, he told me how to pronounce his last name. I still get it wrong <laughs> for some reason. But uh, it's awesome. That, I mean, to hear that, you know, he's still playing. Uh, I, I think it was in the interview with the Campana where uh, Fernando Fierro asked him, uh, Campana, what was it that Kramaski, you know, told him? And he's like, oh, yeah, he was telling me that he was going to beat me at, uh, at, at PlayStation later tonight. So I just think that's just hilarious. I mean, he's 18, you know, but the way that he's playing, it seems like he's older, you know? Yep. No, I know. Listen, you know, you're lucky enough to get a guy like that to, uh, you know, he he's very young, but he plays like he's done it for like the last five, seven years. It's just been incredible. Um, you know, once again, Ed, you know, you get to the penalty kick shootout after Yuya Kubo gets that equalizer and extra time. And, you know, before you even get to that fifth round, because that's actually the magic round, but... You know, you're going through four rounds of the penalty kicks. No one's making a mistake. What's your thoughts right there during that shootout? Uh, you know, I, once we got to the penalties, I kind of felt confident because, I don't know, I, you know, we, we went through it before and, and uh, we've gone through it a couple times already. Uh, and for the most part, you know, everybody that was that was uh, going to shoot, I was I was pretty confident that they would do it. It was just a matter of uh, of Cincinnati missing. 
and uh, and uh, for Callender to, to to do what he does, you know, he's a great goalkeeper. And uh, sure enough, he was able to block one of them, and and you know the the rest is history. That guy, you know, hats off. I, you know, we got to enjoy him while we have him because I don't think he's going to be, you know, the way he's playing. I think he's going to be playing in Europe uh, pretty soon. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, you know, Callender, uh, very athletic goalkeeper. Um, I mean, you know, he's an up-and-comer. Obviously, no one expected him to be this good so quickly. Like, what's he been now with the club? Like, what, two, three years now already with the club? He was with the club since the beginning, I believe. Uh, but he was he was a third-string keeper. You know, they had said that he was pretty good. But, you know, in the beginning, I, he, you know, I didn't think he was – he was the, the third keeper, and he worked his way up. I think McCarthy was the second, and then we had um, um, Marsman – who, sh- who should have been the starter. I mean, he was getting paid a lot, He's a, he, but he got hurt. And then Callender just, you know, after he, he got his opportunity and he, and he never looked back. And Marsman never never got that opportunity again. So that just uh, tells no, you how did. good this guy is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're absolutely right. He's been uh, tremendous. And, look, I understand it's been, you know, a terrible regular season for the club and, you know, this shot in the arm, whether or not you make the playoffs this year, I mean, it's still a long shot. And, you know, with the amount of matches that has this group has already played together in, in League's Cup, obviously also having Sergio Busquets and Jordi Alba uh, on the club to make Messi comfortable. And, and not just to make him comfortable, but, you know, to give everyone a shot in the arm to be a lot better. Obviously, this is more for next year for league play, but you never know. We'll see what happens. But how crazy is it sounding that your club is going to have two, a possible double this year, and you'll still maybe not make the playoffs, and maybe you you might still be in last place in the East? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Uh, you know, I, I, I saw the last game, and, you, you know, you could tell Messi's tired. There's talk that he might not start this next game. You know, depends on – on him, he's very competitive. I think he 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 wants to win everything, um, but yeah, I think the priority right now is the U.S. Open Cup. Uh, you know, and and uh, you know next year they can concentrate on on MLS. But uh, I think uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna try, but um, yeah, right now I think that like I said they're gonna concentrate on the U.S. Open Cup, and get you know win that sucker. And uh, you know we've we've got two out of three for this year. That ain't that ain't bad, you know. <laughs> We 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 shouldn't. Uh, and if we get the other one, you know, that'll just be icing on the cake. But that one's really hard. You know, we got to win a lot of games, and and uh, these guys are tired. I you know I, I don't think they should, um, you know, burn Messi out. Uh, they they need to rest him. They need to rest uh, uh, Jordi Alba. They need to rest uh, Sergio Busquets, uh, and you know, start getting some of these other players to to play some minutes because I saw some stats. The other players, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of players that played too much. And, uh, yeah, they, they need to get some rest. And, uh, you know, if we need to sacrifice the the MLS playoffs, that you know, that might have to happen just so that, as long as we get two. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. No, I understand exactly what you're saying. Now, here's a trivia question for you, Ed. And I'm not sure you're aware of this, but let me ask you the question. When was the last Major League Soccer club – whether they play in the East or in the West, to be in last place 
in league competition in you know whether it be the east or the west but still managed to win the US Open Cup championship wow that's a good one um gosh i'm trying to think my brain's thinking here but I, I can't give you an answer on that one. Want well, me, want me to guess? I'll get my guess to it. Yeah, go for it. Yep, <laughs> yep. Uh, maybe, gosh, it was uh, Houston, maybe? That is incorrect. Okay, okay. The, but, but technically, you are correct because he is Houston's head coach, but he oh. was also D.C. United's head coach. In the 2013 Open Cup final, defeating Real Salt Lake one goal to nil. Hmm. DC uh, United was in dead last in the Eastern Conference. Wow. Never made the playoffs, but they went from their opening round all the way to the final, went to play against Real Salt Lake at Rio Tinto Stadium. Against wow. Jason Christ, Javier Morales, who is, of course, your assistant coach. Mm-hmm. And also Fabian Espindola and so many others on that Real Salt Lake team that really should have won not just an MLS Cup, but they really should have won that Open Cup championship, and they should have beaten Monterey in the CONCACAF Champions League uh, back in that era they as well. Good. So Yeah, yeah. They were they, really good that back was, then. Yep. They were, and they only have one MLS Cup championship to show for it. That's the shame of it. But still, though, they were a damn good team, but DC United found a way to edge them at their house and really celebrate a trophy that many never thought that that would happen for them, and they did. Great. So before I let you go, Ed, and I know you and Peter Brown are absolutely going gaga over this. The final championship match will be in South Florida. It will be at DRV PNK Stadium or Drive Pink Stadium. I know many people want it to be at the Hard Rock Stadium. I don't know if there will be a change of venue. I, To be personally honest with you, I'm not sure. The Dolphins season is going to be going on in September. Uh, it's going to take a lot yeah. of work to take away the grid lines off the grass field. But at the same time, you know, Steve Ross was not happy that uh, he couldn't get a, a, a regular season La Liga match at the Hard Rock. Mm-hmm. But, um, right. I mean, we'll find out. But outside of that, what's it going to be like for everyone down in South Florida to host its first ever Open Cup championship final. Oh man, this is going to be incredible. Uh, and, you know, I'm 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 ready to go. Um, you know, it, it was the tickets were hard to get, even though we're season ticket holders. Uh, you know, they said they were going to send us an email. We, you know, I never got the email. Uh, I had to get a Ticketmaster. I had to ask for the code from somebody. You know, one of my friends just to try to get it. So you know, it was it was uh, difficult to get. You know, you you, you think it it would be easier, and and that thing went quick. All the tickets went quick, but unfortunately, uh, most of them are up uh, on. <laughs> you know, they're trying to resell them. So you know, they they need to come up with a better system. You know, when it comes to all these uh, messy games, because uh, 
he's uh you know there there's uh, the ones that are profiting are the scalpers out there but uh we're we're happy uh i got to tell you downtown peter browns going nuts you can't wait we're hoping uh everything goes the way that it should that we should win this championship in front of our you know in front of the fans in front of south florida fans and and you know just we we're we're just excited we can't wait uh for this to happen and and you know to get two trophies uh this this quick i think is is you know it's a testament to how incredible uh, of a player uh messi was i i is uh i used to you know criticize him because he's only played for barcelona and i was like yeah he's never won anything without you know argentina he didn't win at the time so i was like yeah i think ronaldo's better because every team he goes to you know he, he he's he's good well you know in your face uncle ed messi's you know proving that it doesn't matter just He's uh, he's basically you know he's got the, the whole team on his shoulders and and you know any game that we play without him is going to be it's not going to be the same. Well, that could happen on Saturday night. Uh, that could happen at Red Bull Arena. I mean, uh, I look. I'll be honest with you. Um, I expect him to probably get the last ten minutes of regulation time to get subbed in. I just, I, I just don't think he's going to play the entire game. I think, you know, Tata Martino is going to have to reserve him for the rest of the year, because um, I agree. I agree. Yeah, because you know, I, I, I think you, that. Yeah, I, I have to exactly. That, that exactly. But I think we agree. We agree. We do. We're on the same page here. I don't know about Peter, but we're on the same page. I'm kidding, Peter. Peter, I'm kidding. I'm joking. You and Ed, you're the team. I'm not here to interrupt that, but uh, it's going to be fun, exciting. Ed, listen, man, thanks for joining me tonight. I know every, I know thanks you're excited. Everyone in Miami's excited, um, and you're on your way to the, your second championship final uh, in 2023. So. Uh, you got time to relax and think about it and uh, hope to have you back on again uh, for the Open Cup final review show. Thanks again, Ed. Thanks, uh, Dan. Always yeah. great to talk to you. Uh, talk to you soon, bud. Talk to you soon. That's Uncle Ed from Football Miami TV as once again enter Miami 3-3 draw in regulation through extra time with FC Cincinnati, but... Through five rounds of the penalty shootout, Inter-Miami wins 5-4 to advance to the championship final. Unfortunately, no Derek Stowers from Bayou City Soccer. Excuse me. Um, had some prior engagements that he could not be uh, taken away from. But let me say this. That was a hell of a semifinal as well. Houston, Real Salt Lake going at it with each other. And when you thought it was going to be a scoreless draw in the first after uh, halftime whistle was going to come, all of a sudden in first half stoppage time, Hector Herrera does the impossible. Cheeky back heel flick. Actually, that was not the one. I'm sorry. A little bit of a pinball action with uh, a little bit of dysfunction by the Salt Lake defenders and Hector Herrera taps it home inside first half stoppage time to make it one nil for the Houston Dynamo. It looked like Corey Baird converted a second, but unfortunately through VAR and yes, VAR 
was implied before Lionel Messi came to MLS and U.S. and American soccer. Um, the semifinals and the final, it was going to be used for VAR. And VAR wipes out Baird's goal due to the fact that he was in an offside position when the ball was played because he's the one who scored the goal and plus a little bit of a fouling and interference. So that got wiped out and it was going to be one nil at halftime. Anderson Julio though would equalize for Salt Lake in the 64th minute. And he would do a leaping header, a thunderous leaping header, heading that ball down hard on to the grass and beating Tarbell to make it 1-1. And then we went straight into extra time as no one could get that go-ahead goal in regulation. But inside the final minute of first half extra time, it would be an amazing finish by, now I hope I can pronounce his first name correctly, Adalberto Garasquia, who smashed it from just outside the top of the Salt Lake area to make it 2-1. And then all of a sudden, it's Salt Lake on the back heel trying to play and get that second equalizer and unfortunately it never came and then in the 115th minute Brian Vera who was already serving a was already on a yellow card earlier in the match in the 38th minute he fouled Isado at the near at the near side corner flag and originally it was a yellow card, which would his, his second yellow became a red, and Salt Lake is down to 10 men. But then Vera just went completely crazy. He went and yelled at Caicedo, who was on the ground after being fouled by uh, Brian Vera. And then Vera went to attack another dynamo player by grabbing him by the throat or at least around the neck area, and it was the Salt Lake players that had to grab him and take him away and throw and shove him away from danger. Then, because a little bit of um, housekeeping, shall we say, VAR called the referee to the monitor and went from second yellow to red and gave Brayon Vera a straight red card because apparently the foul was very, very demonstrative by Vera. Uh, the right arm swinging blindly, violently at the head of Luis Caicedo. And that's why the second yellow was nullified and switched to a straight red card. And you know, regardless of that, Vera is going to be suspended for the first match in the 2024 Open Cup. Uh, whenever Real Salt Lake, wherever they finish, either starting in the third round or in the fourth round, Vera will be suspended for that. But I would not be surprised if Vera does get additional matches suspended for that violent conduct, not just swinging 
at Luis Caicedo, but going after a second Dynamo player to somehow go crazy for absolutely no reason whatsoever. So that's very, you know, that's, that's very shameful for what he did. And, you know, I hope that the Open Cup committee will lay down the law, not only fining him, not only serving a one-match suspension, but I have a funny feeling he will get an additional, an additional game, uh, maybe an additional two games. He could sit out all the way to the quarterfinals. We'll have to wait and see what happens, depending if Salt Lake will advance out of the fourth round in the 2024 edition next year. So we'll have to wait and see about that. Then, of course, Luis Caicedo, he gets the final nail in the coffin of Real Salt Lake, and it is the Houston Dynamo advancing to the U.S. Open Cup final on Wednesday, September the 27th. Now, here's something special for everyone to find out that if you, for those that are probably you're aware, you know, you don't have to worry about it. But for those of you that are maybe not aware, here's a situation. As you know, the U.S. Open Cup champion automatically gets a spot in the opening, the new expanded opening round of the 2024 CONCACAF Champions Cup. Now, because Inter-Miami are League's Cup champions, they have already secured a spot in the round of 16 leg of the Champions Cup, which meant that since Miami did defeat Cincinnati in the semifinals of the Open Cup, that match between Houston and Real Salt Lake was not only a ticket to the championship final of the Open Cup, but automatically gave them that spot for the CONCACAF Champions Cup next year. So that was doubly important for the victory for the Dynamo, and they are going to the CONCACAF Champions Cup as the fifth MLS side, fourth American side, to qualify for the CONCACAF Champions Cup, which also means uh, they will join the Philadelphia Union and Nashville SC in the opening round uh, as a whole, along with Inter-Miami and the Canadian champions in the Vancouver Whitecaps, who have uh, taken one of the Canadian spots in the CONCACAF Champions League and one of five MLS clubs. So once again, Excellent stuff in this semifinal action. Once again, Inter-Miami 3, FC Cincinnati 3, but Inter-Miami advances to the final through the penalty kick shootout 5-4. to four. And in extra time, the Houston Dynamo defeating Real Salt Lake by a final of three goals to one. Those two teams will now be in the final on Wednesday, September the 27th. That will be seen live on CBS Sports Network, Paramount Plus app, Telemundo Peacock app. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. And I cannot wait for that championship final. We'll find out the start time 
later on, it will be a month away, just a little over a month away. It will be on Wednesday, September the 27th. And just for those of you wondering, head over to the cup.us website. We already have our 109 American amateur clubs getting ready to fight for four rounds of Open Cup qualifying in the 2024 U.S. Open Cup. And those winners that will go through the grueling trek of Open Cup qualifying to who will advance into the opening round in 2024. The schedule for the opening round, those matches are already set for uh, Saturday, September the 9th, and Sunday, September the 10th. And then, of course, half of those clubs have been given buys and will start in the second round in end of September, beginning of October. And then we get ready for October and November for the third and the final round of qualifying on the weekend before Thanksgiving. I want to thank my guest tonight, Uncle Ed, for joining me once again This has been the 2023 U.S. Open Cup semifinal round review show here on the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. Join me this coming Tuesday night for another regular Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show, then a special show next Friday. Uh, I will have a special guest on to talk about her life in college soccer, life in general, and of course, standing up for women in football. I will get to you uh, all that information next week. So, and don't forget the following week after that, we get ready for not only CONCACAF Nations League, but friendly action with the U.S. men's national team. My name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Take care so long and bye-bye for now. Have a good night, everybody.